0: So it's about understanding where your audience is and the listener behavior and the the viewers behavior and where they want to go and and where they're going to go and view slash consume your content. So when you have both options, then you can see what the analytics and the statistics are on each side of them and you can make a decision that way because here's the thing you can have an audio podcast, right? But you cannot have a video podcast without the audio. You need the audio in order for the sound to appear on your video, right? Mm-hmm. So you kind, of, you kind of need to have both. And if you, my, my advice to my clients and all of anyone I talk to is you're gonna sit down and record your podcast anyways, Right, so you might as well just turn on the video while you're doing it.
1: Hi, everyone. I am Manali, and I'm back with another episode today. I am here with my friend Simona Costantini, the founder and CEO of Costantini Productions, which is a podcast production agency. I have been following Simona's journey ever since I got into podcasting world. Simona is a huge inspiration, and she also has an exclusive membership for aspiring and growing podcasters. It's called the podcast success vault you must check it out the links are in the description being an early adopter of podcast she started her podcast back in 2018, it's called the Happiness Happens podcast. Let's see what Simona has to say about the opportunities Happiness Happens has brought her.
0: So starting Happiness Happens, um, my first podcast, because I have two of them. So I have Happiness Happens and I have another one called As It Relates to Podcasting. And that's like an industry podcast to help people learn how to podcast and, and market their show and all that. But when I started Happiness Happens, I started at the, 20, at the end of 2018 and then the beginning of 2019. And... At the beginning of 2019, I, um, when I launched the show, I was so nervous and it was putting myself out there in a completely different way. And when I launched the show, I had no idea how my life would have changed in that time afterwards. So the podcast started out with just solo episodes and I would just talk about different things and you know, things that I was learning in terms of like fear and mindset and confidence and all of that stuff, right? And um, after that, I decided to bring on guests, different entrepreneurs to learn from them and hear their stories and their journeys and and all of that. And like what I like about Happiness Happens is that it's, it's grown and the evolution of the show has changed so much since I started it right in the beginning. And then I decided to go on like a little bit of a hiatus for the show. And then I came back with this perspective of understanding what happiness means to other people. And through all of these conversations, I have met so many new people. I made connections with people that I never would have ever been able to meet in in quote unquote real life, you know what I mean? Like just day to day life without having that podcast. And it brought so much opportunity in terms of, you know, the direction of my life and what I would do from there. Because what happened was, I started this podcast and it just, to me, was just a podcast. And then people started to ask me, well, how did you do that? Can you help me launch my podcast? Can you teach me what to do when it comes to launching a show? Um, you know, can, can you teach me how to market it? Can you teach me how to grow it? And in the beginning I used to do it for free. Like I just used to help people and you know, I was like, yeah, sure. I was like, here's what I did. Here are all the steps. And then I just decided to, well, I mean the world shut down in 2020 and, uh, I lost my job, and so I went full force into building out my business, and I launched my I launched my services, and it was funny because I, I sold out those services in the first twenty four hours, uh, wow. or sorry seventy two hours first seventy two hours but of, of
1: twenty twenty has been a game changer for
0: everyone. Yes, and I think it's about the perspective and the way that you look at it, right? Like it was a very hard time, but it also was a very life changing time, as it should be, right? Because when big things happen like that we get to choose how we want to look at them and how we want Mm -hmm. to respond to them. And so, um, we ended up launching our new services in 2021, the beginning of 2021. And I brought on five new launch clients. Some of them, actually all of them, except all of them, except for one, I still work with today, which is amazing. And we launched their shows and two or three of them, I believe it was two or three, were past podcast guests of my Happiness mm-hmm. Happens podcast. And so it's funny how we never know how the connection in life is going to happen and why we meet certain people when we do and ultimately how that that transforms our life as we move forward. So I feel like it was just a really catalytic point of my life starting that podcast. And then once I started it, you just lean in more into the things that feel scary for you and you just keep going. So that's, that's my, that is my happiness happens story.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Happiness actually happened for you through the podcast. It
0: really did. (laughs) (laughs) It really did. And then from, from then it's allowed me to, you know, create this production business that I have today, you know, meet amazing people just like, you know, our conversation we're having today. Um, go to different conferences and speak on different stages and have a business that I allows me to live the kind of life that I want to live every single day.
1: Why did you not start a YouTube channel? Why did you jump to podcasting? Like many, mm-hmm. uh, those who get started, they always yeah. have this dilemma. Why not YouTube channel? Why podcasting? And it's hard to grow both. It I'm is. not saying one is easier than the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Yeah.
0: Good question. So I actually do have a YouTube channel now for Happiness Happens, and when I started the show, though, I didn't have a YouTube channel for it because I didn't understand it. I didn't understand YouTube. I didn't know how it worked. Uh, I didn't know how my content could be maximized on that platform, and it was a little bit. I feel like YouTube was a little bit of like a a different landscape at the time. It wasn't so many podcasts on there at the time. It was more like it was just starting, you know, and. I didn't record with video in the beginning. So the whole first, I think, year of the podcast was only audio. And then I started doing video and I did upload some of the audio tracks and stuff like that to, to YouTube, but really is because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't know where to start. And I didn't know how to create a strategy on YouTube in a way that would make sense for the content that I was putting out there. Now you have YouTube shorts, you have, you know, longer clips in your episodes that you can pull out. You put the full episode out there and then you can put supporting content on top of that, right? Like you can put all kinds of stuff. And so for me, it's just been a lot of, since having happiness happens, the landscape of podcasting has changed so much. But today, if you launched a podcast, I would recommend do it with the video. Even if you don't post the video, you want the video for the clips because that's how people see your show. That is how the best marketing happens. And it's not to say that the audio can't be leveraged to use for the marketing side. It's just about looking at the trends and looking at marketing as a whole and seeing where are those different trends, how are they present, and how does your content fit into that market even if you don't have video because you can still do video, right, without having a video-based podcast. You can put B-roll, you can put Mm. um, a photo, you can put a picture of a sunset or a video of a sunset and put text over it or put your audio over it. Not to dive into the whole marketing side, but you know, there, so yeah, I mean, to get back to your question, I ultimately, I I didn't know and understand YouTube in the beginning. And then I learned, I taught myself and I'm glad I did. And I will say this too, the platforms, are completely different an audio podcast and a video podcast are very different and the audio version has its own specific type of listeners and the youtube version has its own specific type of viewers so typically people have their own listening what is in- the
1: difference but uh, like could you double click yeah. on that
0: Yeah, absolutely. So people just have their own preferences of where they want to listen to their content, right? I like Mm -hmm. to listen to my podcasts on Apple and my music on Spotify, and I watch tutorials on YouTube. I'm not going to sit and open YouTube and watch an hour-long podcast on YouTube because I would rather put it in my ears while I'm going around, blah, blah, blah. But depending on what the type of content is, some people... Uh, Will sit down and watch the entire video, or they'll play the audio in the background because YouTube is their favorite platform to consume content on. So it's about understanding where your audience is and the listener behavior and the the viewers' behavior and where they want to go and what, like, and where they're going to go and view slash consume your content. So when you have both options, then you can see what the analytics and the statistics are on each side of them. And you can make a decision that way, because here's the thing, you can have an audio podcast, right? But you cannot have a video podcast without the audio. You need the audio in order for the sound to appear on your video, right? Mm -hmm. So you kind of, you kind of need to have both. And if you my my advice to my clients and all of anyone I talk to is you're going to sit down and record your podcast anyways, right? So you might as well just turn on the video while you're doing it.
1: Yeah, when you're watching a video, it's more likely that your brain is active, especially if it's a longer form of content, than it's audio. Because in the case of audio, I think every time that I listen to a podcast, and it's an audio only podcast, I'm either cooking, doing cleaning. Yes. And so it's more likely that I'm less attentive in some of the portions which might be more interesting. But when it comes to video, it's not that I'm switched off because the video is engaging in itself.
0: Mm -hmm, Exactly. And that's a really good point. I mean, there's so many times even when I'm listening to an audio book, for example, I'm like, Oh, wait, I'm like, I have to rewind, like I wasn't even paying attention. Like, what did they say? (laughs) But for video, People are fearful of video. People don't like being on video. People don't like the sound of their voice. They don't like the way they look on camera. Um, you know, they're worried about people judging them. They're worried Mm -hmm. about, you know, what if someone makes fun of me for putting this out there? And it's all, in my experience, fear based, right? Mm -hmm. And it's also takes more work, right? You show up on video and you have to look more presentable. You know, your hair has to be it doesn't you don't have to look perfect, you don't have to have all this makeup on, you don't have to be, you know, whatever. But Again, it depends on your brand, but like for my own brand, for example, I show up without makeup on all the time on my videos and that's fine, but I'm not going to show up like, you know, with my hair in a crazy mess and like all this, you know, so video takes more intention. Whereas audio, you just sit behind the mic and you don't even have to worry about, you don't have to worry about anything because it's just you and the microphone, but video is you, the microphone and the camera and everybody watching. And it's also this piece of like, you can have, some people need a script, right? Some people want to script Mm -hmm. their podcast and they want to read off of their script. And when you have video, you need to make sure that you have a teleprompter or something to help you do that. And so there's so many nuances between audio and video. And I think people just get overwhelmed with video and they're like, I just don't want to do it because I don't know where to start. But really it's just about taking it step by step and breaking it down in a way that feels easy and consumable for you to actually take that next step into creating a video podcast.
1: Um, exactly. It doesn't have to be
0: perfect. It doesn't have to yeah, be perfect. The it doesn't have your to your be camera, perfect. It doesn't. It really does not.
1: It's not about uh, editing or something. What I really suggest is uh, you record the video. Don't post it anywhere, not even on social media. You go and watch it back mm-hmm. and you know, uh, take notes of mm-hmm. what you could have said better. Mm-hmm. if you made some expressions which weren't good while the guest was speaking something or you're checking your phone and uh once you have all those notes then i think you'll be less fearful next time and then eventually you'll get to a stage where you'll be confident posting video that. online
0: i love that that is that is a really 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 good advice i hope everyone took notes in that because that's a really <laughs> that's a really good piece of advice and you know what that is something that i'm guilty of i don't go back and and I don't go back and watch my videos and I don't go back and watch my content because I am one of those people that doesn't like the sound of my voice and I don't like the way that I look on camera but I do it anyways because I know that I know that that is what I have to do you know and if you want to see
1: how do you reflect on your mistakes like how do you do that
0: um, that's a really good question I feel like I I've learned a lot over the years of how to how to make the conversation how do I word this in the past when I used to do interviews. So I used to listen back to the audio because I used to do all of my own editing and stuff like that. I don't do it anymore. And what I learned in that time was how to conduct a good interview. So I used to be someone who would sit and I would, I would interrupt my guest all the time because I was so excited about what they were saying that I wanted to add in to what they were saying. Um, and that's not a good strategy to take because then you're interrupting your guest and you're, you're blocking what they're going to say and all of that. And so I picked up on these little nuances from like an audio side and I try and be very aware and cognizant of those now. And I will say from the video side, um, I mean, I'm one of the, I, I'm one of those, I'm one of those people that I've worked in. I worked in media for about 10 years before I started doing my production company, um, mm. I didn't know. Yeah. This. Yeah. I'd worked in like communications and marketing and all that and we did a lot of video content and a lot of video production and I've seen myself on camera a lot over the years and so I know what like And even now, like even in our interview to like right now, I know that like, I'm like, okay, I got to roll my shoulders back. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm slouching again. Or, you know, oh, I am making maybe I'm making a face or whatever. And I'm constantly like aware of them, aware of those things just because it's kind of ingrained in my mind. Um, But for someone who might not be aware of those things, your advice is really, really, really good. And it's not that I um, don't think that I have, you know, it's not that I think that I have everything perfect now because I think we're all a work in progress always. But I think it's about remembering those little things and being mindful as you're doing different um, interviews and conversations, like if you're smiling when you're talking, you, people will hear the smile in your voice through the mic, right? If I'm sitting here like this and like slouched over and all this stuff, people are going to see that. Monotonic. So, yeah, yeah, monotonic exactly. Voice. <laughs> exactly. It, so it sometimes few-
1: happens when I'm editing a client's uh, episode, the guest is monotonic and I just sleep. I literally <laughs> fall asleep. And then I have to go back, rewind, and you know. <laughs>
0: I've done that. <laughs> and you wake up and you're like, okay, the episode is done, but I don't know where I left off. <laughs> and
1: uh, some guests are like super comfortable. They are more comfortable than you expect them to be. Uh, they go on rambling. They are talking about themselves. And
0: uh, how do you handle such guests? You know, that's a good question because I've definitely had my fair share of those. I um, I think it just comes down to finding the break in the conversation when they're talking mm-hmm. and being like, Oh yes, I totally know. And then I hear you because I did it I whatever. And then what do you think about this? You know, <laughs> um, when it comes to this, sometimes I do like a little bit of prep in advance too. When it comes to authors, especially because authors, all they want to do is get on the podcast and talk about their book and like the journey to getting to the book that's not my interview style. So sometimes if, if authors want to come on the podcast, I just make it clear and I just say, yep, no problem. Sounds good. Um, when I have authors on the podcast, we will talk about your book, but we will talk about it at the end and we don't need to talk about it the whole time, you know? So Mm -hmm. I kind of set that expectation a little bit because I don't want to talk about your book the whole time. I want to talk about you. I want to talk about your, your thoughts on this, not the book's thoughts on this. I want to talk about your thoughts on this. So authors, I feel like are like the hardest sort of, not the hardest people to interview, but it's just they're so streamlined in their mind of mm-hmm. all the, the topics that they want to hit on and touch on. Um, so, yeah, that that's definitely one thing that I would suggest.
1: Oh, this is so cool, Simona. Yeah. You told me you went on a hiatus with Happiness Happens. Many people pod fade at such times. So for people of those kind who uh, who aren't sure whether or not podcasting might be for them or they should do something else for marketing. So uh, would you suggest guesting on other podcasts yeah. or would you still suggest them to have a podcast?
0: It's a really good point. So I think that, I, I don't think that everyone needs a podcast. I think that it has to make sense for you, for your business, for your dreams, for your goals, for your purpose, right? If it's going to be, because here's the thing, when you, when you market something, right, you typically have one main piece of content, like one large form piece of content, whether it's a podcast, a YouTube channel, a blog, um, those are typically like the, you know, the big three or like a newsletter, like a very active newsletter. So you tend to have like one main piece of content that you pull a whole bunch of things out of, right? When you have, like when you have that that is how you create your content for everything else that you're doing. And so if a podcast does not make sense in your strategy, you don't have to do it. But if you're going to do a video, you know, channel, like a YouTube channel and like do all these videos, you might want to just consider taking the audio and ripping it out of the file and uploading it to a a podcast platform, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I think that, Again, not everyone needs to have a podcast if you want to have a podcast, I think you need to understand why why do you want to have a podcast what is that podcast going to do for you what how is it going to add value into your life into your business are you creating it just because everybody else is or are you creating it because somebody else wants you oh, like, once right? I've been
1: on a just sorry to interrupt but no, I've no, been please. on a call with prospect and he told me he wants to have a podcast because his competitors are having a podcast. And I was like, what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and like, I don't I... jump in the well because my friends are. So exactly. <laughs> exactly. And like, you need to like understand why you are creating that podcast and what is it going to do for you? Because the mistake I think that people make is they don't realize how much work it actually is to have a podcast. One episode could take you about six to eight hours a week. Do you have that time in your schedule? Right. So let's say you want a podcast. um, do you have that time? If you don't have that time, okay, who's doing the editing for you? Who's doing the social media content for you? Who's doing all the uploads for you, right? And then that's kind of where... And
1: video editing is a whole... The video, yeah. yeah you, it takes more time than audio, actually.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly. Exactly. And um, that's when you can look into different production companies. What is it? What makes sense? Do you have the budget for it? Do you not? So like, you need to figure out what that how it aligns to your strategy and then also how you're going to support the management of it afterwards, because that's how people pod fade, right? You don't have the process and the system in place to support you after you've launched your show. So you have really no idea how you're going to keep it going every single week, right? And on the flip side, I look at guesting. I think guesting is such a good thing to do. I think it's great. It's a great way to get your message out there. Um, Some people, are just prefer doing that and so I think there's a place for both of them um the guesting side is more public relations right like you're it's, it's more PR for you for your your business your brand your book your whatever it is that you're launching and, and you don't have to do the edits exactly We have the same edits though <laughs> exactly well you know that's interesting though I actually I unless there's something like really 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 terrible in it we don't listen to to guest edits. Like I, I never send the, the file to the guests for them to review it before it goes live. Um, when you go on, unless there's something critical that needs to be removed when you're a guest on a podcast, like what you're sharing is what you're sharing. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't think that, I don't know. I try and I just try and limit that a little bit, I guess, because <laughs> then it can cause a lot of chaos and a lot of back and forth.
1: That yeah. is true, but when uh, it's businesses and uh, lately right. we had a security compliance uh, person coming to one of my uh, clients' podcasts and she was uh, she was like, this needs to be removed. This is a yep. secret. This is not meant to be. Yep.
0: <laughs> and that makes sense. That stuff is totally fine because like, yes, absolutely. But when it's when it's stuff like, well, I didn't like the way that I answered this question. It's like, you know what? Like, you know, at some point. You want point, to it? No. Oh, okay. Good. I was just saying like in general, like when, okay, when okay. someone... <laughs> No, no, no. I just mean like when someone's like, oh, you know, I didn't like the way that I answered that. I didn't like the way that I said that. Like, you know, it, it went, I don't know. Sometimes when you take too much out, you lose the integrity of the conversation too. Right. So I understand like the, in our agency, we look at everything through the lens of like, if this episode got out and like leaked to the media and like whatever, would it completely destroy you and your brand? Um, if, if there's things in there that would absolutely, we'll remove them. And then if not, we leave them you know
1: what else do you think they need to do or they can do to you know move away from the stress of producing episodes every week
0: (laughs) okay i think that the the organization piece is actually one of the biggest pieces and it's one of the most important things and with that in my opinion comes having a production schedule um and i think that you you need to know like which episodes are going out when and that will help you record in advance so I think in addition to systems and processes and being organized in that way I think being like you just strategic sort of in when you're going to record like I have some clients who record um like one month they'll do like 15 interviews and then they'll just like let them go you know what I mean so they'll kind of batch mm, record batch- Yeah. And so they'll record like once a quarter and so on, so on. Um, I try and do that with happiness happens. So like I'm always a few episodes ahead at least. And then with, as it relates to podcasting, um, I record in a two hour block for the entire month. So I make sure that, you know, over a two hour, you know, over those two hours, we get those four episodes in so that the content is done and it's good to go. Um, so, those would be my biggest tips would be like again like those systems and processes and then also making sure that you have a production schedule so you know what is going out and when and you're not you don't get like lost or confused on your dates or anything like that and then recording in advance and getting those those guest interviews or or even those solo episodes done in advance
1: you simplified it so much thank you (laughs) Like I see people writing bullets and bullets and bullets and when I got started I read so many blogs about this and uh, I'm like oh my god this is like such a big thing because I have faded myself so I really think oh, I it's huge. It. <laughs> I,
0: I hear that. But I think too, the thing is like, I think we overthink it. It's really not, it's mm-hmm. really not that hard. It's more just, mm-hmm. you know, the further ahead you can get, the more episodes that you can record in advance, the more time you'll have to produce them and keeping yourself like, I think another thing too, would be like putting a time block in your calendar to get all of the work done. Same, same day, same time every single week that you, you know, you do your podcast. That's what I did in the beginning with Happiness Happens. I would block one specific, you know, evening so I to working in corporate at the time. And I would book one specific evening every single week and I would get everything done. I would do all the editings, all the social media and everything. And then on the weekends, sometimes on the weekends, I would take like, you know, an extra couple hours and I would try and get ahead. And then eventually you get ahead. And if you stay consistent with getting ahead, then you just become further ahead than you were before. So I think that's a really important piece too. That
1: if you have extra time,
0: sense. just edit another episode. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like do it while mm-hmm. you're doing instead of watching a netflix show or instead of you know wasting your time on something else just edit another episode and then i don't know that's just my mindset but
1: <laughs> that's why it's sustained from 2018 to yeah. 2023 20, five years
0: exactly exactly
1: okay uh, now um, most podcasters want an roi mm-hmm. right and they look out for monetization options mm-hmm. um so how do you how do you think they should approach this or do you have like a good give them give us a good starting point for monetization okay so Monetizing i think you're... <laughs> <reason>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead.
0: so i think if you're looking to make money quick podcasting is not for you i don't mm-hmm. i don't podcasting is not the platform where you just go into the industry and go into the space and space and start making all this money um it's really about again i go back to like strategy what kind of content are you putting out there and how does that relate to your overall business so if you are creating content that is in support of a course or a program or a service or something that you're putting out there um, how are you creating and strategizing your episodes to support the launch of that course or to support the sale of your program or all of those things, right? So what I like to do, and this is why it goes back to like the part we were just talking about, taking a look at which episodes you're putting out there and then also align that to the, the, your marketing plans for your business or your, your venture or whatever it is that you're doing So then you know exactly what episodes are going out, you know what your marketing goals are, and then you can align them and you can create a strategy within your podcast to help support that bottom line. So when it comes to sponsorship, I rather look at it as partnership instead of sponsorship. Partnership allows you more opportunity. So partnership is, you know, yes, I'm um, going to do a, you know, an ad on my, my podcast. I'll blast it in my newsletter. I will... Uh, do a couple of social media posts about it, and so on, so on, right? So I think that it's really important to just take a look at all of those different uh, pieces and see how they work cohesively together. and I think it's a myth that you know a, a show with lower downloads can't make money. It's just, again, about finding if, if partnership or sponsorship is the route that you're wanting to go, what are the products and services that you should be pitching or selling on that podcast, on that episode, And how does that relate to your audience and why are they going to buy? Because at the end of the day, brands and companies just want people to buy their stuff, right? And so how is your show the fit for them to be able to do that? You don't need to have hundreds of thousands of downloads to make money from your podcast. I monetized happiness happens twice when I had really low downloads and it was what it was and it was great. What do you Defined by low? What is your low? Um, I think I had like, I don't know, like 20, 30 downloads an episode. Okay. Which was, I mean, for me, that's low. I don't know, but like, it (laughs) it is lower, right? I was like, I don't want to be rude, but like, you know, it's not like, you know, it's yeah. Anyways. But yeah, so that's, that's what I would say about, that's what I would say about that. I mean, the ROI piece is challenging, but you got to look at it in a strategic way, just like anything else, just like launching a program, just like launching a course, just like launching anything that you've created. Um, how do you intend to make money with those things? So then also, how do you intend to make money podcasting? You know, e- again, all of the components matter, right? You have a podcast episode. How are you marketing the episode? How are you impacting and changing the conversation with your episode? So there's so many different pieces. So that's where that consistency is. Are you in touch
1: with your guests is. after you have conversed mm-hmm.
0: with them? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And are they sharing the episodes for you? Mm-hmm. Are they helping you spread the word? Are they helping, you know, tap into a new market? Um are you asking for the sponsorship right are you going into Mm. places like uh, for example i have a client and she works in the grief and loss space and she started working with this organization and she's looking for a sponsor for her show and i said well why don't you just ask them right and it's the fear of the ask and she doesn't ask because she's fearful of the response but the worst they're going to say is no no right Mm. And then you just, you just have to ask, like, you just have to put the fear aside and you just have to do it. If it's something that you really want, then just do it. But I think that understanding the marketing piece behind it is really important.
1: I understand. Uh, um, now that you have touched on the downloads, let's dive deep into analytics. <laughs> oh <boy. laughs> okay, let's go there. <laughs> Podcast analytics aren't up to the mark. This no. is my complaint. This is your complaint. This is every podcaster's complaint. And uh, what do you think is the right time to start nerding on analytics?
0: Okay, so I like to look at the analytics after 7 days, 30 days, and 90 days. You can see that in your your hosting platform software. Um, Like, I put all my podcasts on Libsyn. I can literally click on stats and I can see how many episodes were downloaded in 7 days, 30 days, and 90 days. Perfect. But... You also want to pay attention to like the completion rate. So you want to log into Apple Podcasts. So podcastconnect.apple.com, I believe is the URL for it. And you want to go in and you want to look at what is the completion rate of the episode? How many people are listening through till the end? Where do people tend to drop off? How many plays do you have in that specific uh, time period? And all of this data, although podcast data is harder to sort of decipher and go through, I think it's important to pay attention to. But, you know, I really... I really don't, for my own podcast, I look at it for clients because clients want to know, but for my own podcast, I don't really care. You know, like the, as long as the show is growing and as long as, here's the thing that I've learned as well. The show only grows as much as you want to show up for it right so you're you're going to see an increase of downloads if you start creating content that's relevant to the episode and content that you know helps you grow your own self and your own personal brand so as you continue to grow to grow as a creator or a company or an organization then in turn so will your podcast because you're growing the amount of people that you are impacting every day and then when you're doing guest episodes, you're tapping into new markets, right? So it's about looking at your growth strategy that is aligned to your marketing strategy. And then how are those numbers, um, performing? If you're doing solo episodes and you're never a guest on any podcast and you're just doing a couple of posts here and there, you can't be surprised if you look at your downloads and they're not mm-hmm. as where you want them to be, okay. right? So you got to go back to the source.
1: Yeah and uh, so now that we are into marketing uh, how often do you think podcasters need to rethink on their podcasting strategy
0: oh every 3 months so i like to give everything 3 months to take a look and see how is the strategy performing i do it for pr i do it for podcasting i do it for marketing i do it for email marketing program launches like everything you need 3 months to see the actual results of something um because that's giving you a big enough sample size. It's the same thing with digital ads, all of it. It's giving you a big enough sample size so that you can see what the trends and the performance was over that three month period. So three months, every single three, like every three months I go in, we do an analytics report, like a quarterly a quarterly report. We will go and take a look. We'll take a look at the strategy. We'll take a look at the graphics. We take a look at everything, and if something needs to be fixed or refreshed, or if a trend has changed, or something like that, then we address it. Um, some of the trends and stuff, especially on social media, we will take a look at those and we'll address those pretty much in real time. Like if something is changing right away, like we'll we'll go in and, and change it. Uh, but then we take that into account when we're doing the like the review at the end of the at the end of the quarter.
1: Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, also, there's one thing that podcast I've seen many uh, people like us talk that releasing more episodes really uh, results in more downloads. Mm. How true is that? I don't think it's completely true.
0: I don't think so either. Because if you're putting out episodes and the content isn't good, it's not going to convert, right? Or and it's a
1: cookie cutter content.
0: Yeah, like if it's the same as like everybody else's stuff, like, you know, and this is where it... it this is where it's like the job as the the host to get a different angle or to get a different perspective out there. Because especially if you're like, if you're interviewing an author, let's say an author or someone who's launching a program, like they have very specific talking points that they're going to stick to. How do you get it from a different angle? Not in a way that's like, you know, using it to be, um, clickbait or anything like that but how are you getting a different angle that is going to bring a different level to the story right instead of just getting the generic answer i i don't really i don't want the generic answer i want to go deeper you know Mm -hmm. so i think that's really i think that's really important to remember
1: i have one good question for you when it comes to youtube and the world of youtube uh the gurus say the title the thumbnail needs to be catchy and clickbaity you know not completely clickbaity like it should drive the click Uh, and uh, then there's also this parameter called watch time which is very Mm -hmm. important Uh, when it comes to podcasting world what's uh, what are the parameters like the top three KPIs that podcasters Mm. need to hit got it become a success
0: okay so I think, again, making sure the title has keywords in it that people are searching for and writing things in a way that people are searching for them um, Mm -hmm. is really important. Um, you also want to make sure that you have the um, author in there, like the author of the episode, because that's all searchable. Like everything is searchable in a podcast app, making sure that your show notes are actual show notes. And like they're, it's not just in this episode, we talk about this. It's like, you know, a couple of paragraphs explaining what's going on in the conversation because all of that is searchable. I like to have timestamps and pull out key points within the episode um, so that people can see, okay, we're talking about this at the four minute mark and this at the eight minute mark and this at the 12 minute mark and whatever. So those things are really important. Um, and then I, I think having links, you would be surprised, like how many podcasts don't put links from their guests and, and stuff like that in ways to connect and take the conversation in a deeper way. Um, and then also I think the actual description of your, of your show, like your show description and the categories in which you put yourself are really important. Um, you want to make sure that you are in the right category for where your show is, because then that helps everything else that you're doing. So making sure that you have, um, episode titles that are things that people are going to search about the topic. So one place that you can look, is um, it's a website called answer the public and you can put a topic in and it'll phrase questions for you, like how to podcast, you know, when to release a podcast episode. So like those kinds of things will give you uh, a bit of a framework and a better idea of, how to craft your titles, and you want to make sure that they're enticing. And again, you want to make sure they have keywords. And I also like to tag the episodes on the back end on the hosting platform using the keywords, the same keywords that are in the episodes as well. So those are some of the things. I don't think you need episode-specific cover art. You can if you want to, but like I just think it's an extra thing that is really not necessary, in my mm-hmm. opinion.
1: Exactly. And um, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything that I wanted to cover. Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much, Simona, for uh, all your inputs. Uh, It was lovely chatting with you. Uh, I hope to collaborate with you more in the future.
0: Me too. Me too. Thank you so much for having me today.